On this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast, I'm joined by Julian Long to talk about the 1982 and 1985 vault track, Teacher, Teacher, a song Prince felt was worthy of recording twice with different personnel. Welcome back to the show, Julian. Thanks so much for having me, Jason. We made it without it being a full year this time. I'm excited. <laughs> we're, we're two months shy of a year. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I know we last recorded an episode for the Batman soundtrack, so we were still doing official Prince recordings and releases at the time, but now we're doing vault stuff, man. So, you know, it's it's kind of sketchy, cagey kind of uh, discussions going on. Some of these tracks have been officially released, some of them have not. This is one that has been now, as of 2023, has seen two official releases. So we're not talking about bootleg anymore. <laughs> right. So uh, I feel like this is on the up and up. I can share discussions about this one <laughs> without feeling too guilty. Not that I've ever really felt guilty about talking about bootlegs. but <laughs> um, So we were talking a little bit ahead of the show. History about this song. History of your acknowledgement and, and listening to the, the song Teacher, Teacher. This is not a song, it sounds like, that you have a lot of history with, correct? This one is brand new to me which is is actually pretty exciting when i think when we first recorded you told me that sometimes people come to the show with a history with the song and sometimes they don't really know the song and you just kind of break down the lyrics and i was i remember thinking oh i could never do that like it has to be one that i'm deeply connected to but this one i only listened to uh not that long ago in preparation for this so uh yeah this one is this one's fresh yeah and honestly for me this is not also or also, this is not a song that I have a deep history with. I mean, I've I've told this story in other episodes when we've been doing vault tracks and bootleg songs. I wasn't a big bootleg guy. Didn't really have the um, the avenues to access bootlegs. And then during like the the Napster era, that would have been like the first time I was starting to get into quote unquote bootlegs because it, they weren't shared in the same way as they were back in the 80s and 90s through tape and and right. burn CDs so that the whole file sharing thing but in the early 2000s when I was really into Napster and and downloading quote unquote bootlegs and unreleased material for my favorite artists uh I kind of missed a lot of Prince's stuff I only caught like some of the big ones and I wasn't going deep 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 down the rabbit hole that some people do and a song like Teacher Teacher was not a track that I became aware of really and heard until I started digging into like stuff that people had been posting on YouTube. Um, so like p prior to the release of some of these deluxe editions, like the purple rain, the 1999, the sign of the times where music has been now officially released and you can stream it. And like I said, it's all on the up and up. YouTube was my, my go-to for, bootlegs you know and i would just stream them there listen to people who have managed to upload unreleased prince material and nobody has flagged it or removed it which i'm was thankful for you know in the 2010s uh, but uh having cleaned up versions of this song released on both 1999 and sign of the times is always going to be my the way i listen to it now moving forward and so like for you i imagine you know, you just went to your streaming platform, you found the song. Do you have a particular version that you ended up listening to? Was it the 
the one from 82 or the one from 85 or do you not even really not sure which so one? So the 82 I listened to two versions. Uh one I found on YouTube. Actually both of them I found on YouTube first. And the one that I like better, it's just Prince and the guitar. Yeah, that's the 82. Like there's no drums, there's it's it's very very sparse. Um and it's slower so you can you can hear it better. The other one I think is the one that you were telling me about, which was um, it had you know you could hear the you could hear the, the the drums were pretty heavy in it. It was sped up to the point of almost being unclear. Um, rarely do I have to read the lyrics when I listen to to a song, but that one I did. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I actually prefer the the simpler eighty two version. That's just Prince, um, and as uh, Kiowa Trail Home Studio in Chanhassen. According to Prince Paul, this was spring of 82 that he recorded this one. And yeah, it's just basically Prince and his guitar, and it's got that kind of old rock, a uh, little old um, rock and roll feel to it, 50s, 60s, garage rock kind of feel to it to me. Wendy and Lisa's version, and I call it their version because they're the ones, they basically took the track from 82 and just added additional instrumentation and then added their vocals, co-lead vocals, along with Prince's. way more embellished of course i mean they added stuff so of course it's more embellished and it sounds good right but i do prefer the simpler stripped down original version from just prince so if i have to pick that's the one i'm going to pick same here i i find too and we'll get into this more as we look at the lyrics that it for me it changes the intent of the song or or the it does the feeling of it when it's it's different when it's just Prince speaking directly to you know this this air quotes teacher versus when it's treated as a song and you have multiple voices doing that same part it doesn't it doesn't feel as personal and you know when once we look into the lyrics I, I think this song was a lot more personal than the eighty five version makes it out to be uh huh I agree I agree and then there's the whole gender dynamic aspect around it too you know having it being from the perspective of a man versus versus women although prince's vocals are audible in the 85 version wendy and lisa's vocals i think are stronger and stick out more so and then they change the pronoun there's one one instance in the song the 85 version where there's a pronoun used in the first verse and we'll talk about that here in a second but they they change that you know to represent their pronouns and that also changes it as well. And that's as, okay. So just backing up then this song, teacher, teacher, I think is an interesting one because you can look at it maybe more than one way in terms of how you interpret it. So the question that seems to be most easily raised when talking about the song is, is this just one big metaphor or should the lyrics be taken at more of a face value Meaning, like, is the teacher just a metaphor for somebody who's maybe older, more mature, more experienced, 
has uh, more authority over the person who is calling themselves a young boy or a young girl in the song? Or, again, is this literally like, are we singing somebody singing a song about their teacher and some sort of inappropriate <laughs> relationship they're engaged in with this teacher? Right. You know, by the definition of the word teacher, like somebody who is uh you know uh, teaching them in some sort of class setting but it still has that authority and and power over them potentially but then is it more of a literal teacher or versus a metaphorical teacher and that's where i think the debate potentially could lie or maybe not just debate but just a, a differing way of interpreting the song and the lyrics um any general thoughts about that before we dig deeper i so I wrestled with that. So here's here's the funny thing. I only heard this song a little while after seeing, um, you know, that video that resurfaced of Prince as a kid, like when he was in fifth or sixth grade, talking about the teacher strike. Yep. I only I only heard this song after having seen that video. So when I looked even at the title, that was the the first thing that came to my mind was Little Kid Prince talking about supporting the teachers, which made this a really kind of devastating read going into the lyrics of it. I look at it, you know, knowing good and well that a couple, al- a couple albums prior to when he recorded this, he had already released Sister. Mm-hmm. I look at this as straight ahead, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. I think for whatever reasons, he may have chosen to back away from it a little bit to kind of pull the to maybe put pull pull a curtain down to to maybe protect the identity of whoever this person may have been but i think this one was i think this was straight ahead i don't see it i see how it can be read as a metaphor i just i don't believe it to be um and that's just because of of how personal the lyrics are hmm Interesting. Okay. Yeah. See, and I, I have, I originally was on the same page as you in terms of listening to it and thinking of it as Prince writing a song about a teacher that he had who maybe was potentially uh, emotionally manipulative and having that resonate with him to the point, like it took, he took that with him through adulthood. So there's, there's very little indication in this song about the specifics are, are fuzzy. Let's just put it that way. The specifics are very fuzzy, right? He, he keeps it very vague and, and potentially, like you said, for good reason to kind of hide, to hide identities or to not to make it personal, but not too personal. Like sister was almost too personal. And so then it started to become like, Oh, well, who is he talking about? Oh, well, he has a sister who lives in New York right. City. It must be that person. So he kind of fucked that up with his sister by by giving <laughs> a little bit too many details. So I can see him a couple years later wanting to express another similar type of story or uh, a song that deals with kind of tough emotional, potentially and physical abuse, but but doing it in a way that isn't so overt so people can maybe digest it a little easier sister was hard to digest for a lot of people 
And oh yeah, this it's this a is a lot easier song. to digest. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's a rough song. And actually, I think how you interpret the song, whether you think it was a real life scenario that he's writing about with um, a, a teacher that he had versus a metaphor, can potentially affect one's ability to enjoy this song, depending on on you know your sensitivities and. And how you feel about that kind of potential inappropriate relationship. Like if you think of it as a real life thing. I could see people being really turned off by this song. And finding it to be a tough listen. Maybe not on the level of sister. But still a a potentially tough listen. Absolutely. And I think for me this was definitely a tough listen. Um, It was one of those ones where I was like. Yep I see why this was kept in the vault. Maybe this was supposed to stay in the vault. Like. I I usually I can get into the musicality more even when but but even then it's typically like maybe one or two lines where it's like ooh that kind of skirted something possibly icky but listen to those guitars um here it was it was not only was in both versions the music uh fairly sparse but the content was you know kind of like with sister the content is so overwhelming um and i don't want to say too much because i know we're gonna we're gonna kind of chop up the the lyrics a little bit but i however old this character is um or the narrator of this song is i'll say however old the narrator of the song is there's clearly a power dynamic where the song narrator is becoming aware is, is very aware of how they how they are being abused or could be abused or end up being used and abused and they then have the really unfair position of trying to convince the other person who is presumably older and in a position of authority to let them go like Mm -hmm. i hear this song as a person asking for their agency and trying to gently persuade someone who has kept some sort of hold on them to to release them and it makes it a really tough listen um and it made tougher for me because even though i i assume this was recorded sometime in his not assume it was recorded in but if there was an incident that this is based on i assume that it took place sometime in his you know possibly his later teen years around the age between 16 and 18 or what have you. But it was made tougher because in my head, I was seeing cute little Skipper standing outside his junior high school because the brain makes the connections that it makes, right? So that was the one time in life that I saw Prince talking about teachers. And then I heard the song. And it was just because, you know, the world is a, a messed up place sometimes. And we know that these things happen. It made it that much more difficult um to to separate the two to say nope this was a grown man as an artist making a statement about something that we don't officially explicitly know um but when you read those lyrics and you and you read this this narrator character you know comforting the person whoever the teacher role is saying things like you know i know you get discouraged um or or i know you get lonely but and you know it it doesn't make sense to to stay with somebody who's or to to hang on to somebody who's not going to stay 
that's that's a tough thing to listen to. Yeah, and honestly, when you when you put it in that perspective and and painting the picture of Prince as, as a you know a young boy, even if that was younger than the age that this potentially, I mean, we're hypothesizing here. We don't really know if this happened or not, but let's just continue down that path. I think that's also explains why I prefer the 82 solo Prince version because we know Wendy and Lisa didn't write the song. So right. when, so when they're singing it, it just has less emotional weight for me because we know that they're not singing it from a place of pain or hurt. They're just singing whatever lyrics Prince gave them to sing. Exactly. And Prince singing this song, very stripped down 82 him and his guitar he wrote the song, he wrote the lyrics, so when he's singing it, you just get a bit more of a, as you mentioned, a personal, it, has, it adds a personal touch to it that the Wendy and Lisa version don't because we know they didn't write it, so it's not from their perspective. And it's harder to hear somebody singing a song about a personal experience versus somebody writing a song about a personal experience and then giving it to somebody else to sing. It just, there's that disconnect, you know, and and it comes through as for, you know, listeners who know, like if somebody would have said, Wendy and Lisa wrote this song and it's about, you know, uh, a relationship that Wendy had with an older male teacher and it's really brutal. It's like, okay, well then the 85 version is going to be the one that's more emotionally, kind of more emotionally invested in, but that's not what happened here. So um, I'm, I totally right. agree. With, and then that painting that picture of Prince as a young boy just makes it that much more, striking of a you know and it adds much more weight to it i think so what what i would like to do because i think we're both on the same page in terms of even if i have historically looked at this song as being a metaphor and you have historically you know in the short amount of time that we've known the song thought of it more as a personal statement and a personal experience with a literal teacher i don't really think it changes all that much in terms of what the song is still trying to say at the end of the day. So like in the first verse, there's definitely there's evidence throughout this first verse that you're, you're on the right path and I'm right. And I'm right with you that the narrator of the song is struggling with this relationship, whatever you want to call it with this person. And they're they're basically stating throughout the song and i want to cite the evidence here in this first verse that they don't really have the same kind of emotional investment anymore with this person they're and they're desperately trying to express as you mentioned them their desire to be let go and be kind of freed from from this um emotional abuse that they're experiencing from this quote-unquote teacher I'm really not in love with you. So right off the bat, after saying teacher, teacher, I'm really not in love with you. That that already gives us a chance to perceive these lyrics and um, interpret these lyrics coming from somebody who is kind of over it. Whatever it is that they're experiencing with this person, they're they're done with it. To say that you're not in love with them, then then what are what is it that's being done with this person? Why are they still with them? And we find out throughout the song why they're still with them because they feel some sort of, you know, like they've been um, manipulated in some way to stay with them 
because of the power dynamic or because of some of the things that the person is doing that one could point as being emotionally manipulative. You're the teacher. I try to do what you want me to. So kind of like eager to please somebody who has that desire to please the person who they're with because of their power, because of their age, because of their experience, whatever it may be. Uh, we get the impression that that person is doing things for the other person and it's not because they really want to necessarily. Um, you got to know it wasn't love. Again, telling them that love is not really what this is about. It's not about love. It's it's about something else. But it's not about love. Right. It says, I'm just a young boy. So that's in Prince's version. Of course, then Wendy and Lisa changed it to I'm just a young girl. But really, that's the only difference between the songs lyrically is just, again, the pronoun that was used there based off of who's singing the song. So early in the song, those are some of the things that, that help us, help guide us as the listener towards a conclusion as but we need we need more like we need a little bit more lyrics to kind of figure out what exactly he's talking about i think so what do you see in this first verse i mean is it are you kind of on the same page as far as the whole it's not love and kind of telling us what is this then what what is this strange relationship <laughs> definitely <laughs> it's funny i was thinking that earlier and i was like i'm not gonna say that because it's a pun but i'm glad that you did um strange <laughs> relationship the um definitely on the same page recognizing that it's not love what i find interesting here though just in terms of sort of the taxonomy of prince lyrics and themes in prince songs is we've got another instance of him disqualifying himself we see this in a lot of stuff but right now the one that's uh coming to mind is i could never take the place of your man but where he where he will explain to and that's another one where he's talking to directly to the person um, where he's explaining very patiently why he's not what they're looking for, why he's not the answer. And here we have him saying, let me tell you, honey, I'm just a young boy. Don't think I don't think I know that enough. Or I don't think I know enough. Like this is him again, trying to make someone understand I'm not the droid you're looking for. Um <laughs> But we don't, you know, you're right. We don't yet know quite what this is. This, with just these lines, it could just be, you know, something where it feels like, uh, 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 you know, maybe a young, a younger guy with a lot of swagger who got into a relationship with an older woman, and and now that she's gotten sprung, he's trying to push her away. It, you know, at this stage of the song, it could be that, and I think it's later that we start to really feel the pulls that um, that makes it sound like, you know, it makes you want to help this kid and get them out of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The first verse doesn't give us enough to really understand where the, the narrator is coming from. He just keeps saying that he's not in love with you, that they don't, they're not in love with each other. It's not love. So so what is it? They're, he's young. He agrees that he's not in love with this quote unquote teacher. And I keep saying that because again, you gotta if you if you're thinking of it as a metaphor, regardless. So let's say if it is a metaphor, this teacher, you still get he's intentionally painting a picture of this teacher being somebody who has more experience, has more knowledge, 
probably chronologically older um, and, and likely has some authority over him. Otherwise, why would he use that word as a metaphor to describe this person? Right. So whether it's a teacher or not a teacher, the fact that he calls her a teacher, and I'm saying her because we're kind of talking about the Prince version, and I'll continue right. to do that, and that people who, want to, who prefer the Wendy and Lisa version to swap out the genders, it's all good. But <clears throat> the other thing, I know you get lonely, so again, we get he, what he's telling us here is this person that he's with, this teacher, is lonely, and just by throwing that line in there, it tells us that um, potentially they're just together because of convenience. Uh, and maybe it's just there's other pieces at play as to why they're even in a relationship to begin with. And um, that's where we got to go a little further into the song to find out more. Before we get into the next verse, we get the chorus, and the chorus is fairly simple. It's just a repeat of teacher, teacher. I don't want to get an A. Teacher, teacher, there's got to be a better way. So the chorus is, I really enjoy the chorus. Uh, I think it's clever. And how it expresses, you know, the desire of the narrator in a very succinct way but also ties it back to the title of the song and ties it back to the teacher. What do you think about the chorus, Julian? Do you like how the wordplay that he uses here? I like the, I like the wordplay. It, it's one of the parts that I struggle with a little bit because it makes it more juvenile. Um, at a certain level of education, you don't, you don't even talk really in terms about getting an A you talk about, you know, passing the course. You talk about, like, there's there's something very, very... I mean, part of this, too, is the tone of the song, right? Like, the actual, the actual voice used, the actual overall tonality of it has an almost romper room uh, elementary school kind of uh, sensibility to it. But I don't want to get an A feels very, very elementary schoolish. Like, it, it, feels, it feels like a childish way of looking at it. Talking about, you know, I, I guess I talking about passing or uh, or or making the grade or something like that might have made it feel a little bit more adult. And so while I, I like that he's doing the, you know, the the job of, of connecting those dots, not that it's difficult. There's he says teacher so many times in the song. Um, <laughs> yeah. I find I find that to be I find that to be a little bit jarring. There's a sense of uh, an almost sense of sadness or or uh, pitiful um, for whoever this teacher character or, or metaphor is when you get to there's got to be a better way. Um, again, just that sort of gentle, comforting pleading that the narrator character is doing, trying to trying to make this person see what he already sees um trying to get them to come to an understanding of their own that this isn't right like yes you're lonely but you you i, I know you're lonely because you had to know this wasn't it there's got to be a better way than this and and trying to encourage them to find it so 
even though the the chorus is i think deceptively simple it's it it sets a lot of it sets a lot of the tone of the song yeah it does and i think you know your point about it being a little bit juvenile actually helps me a little bit understanding maybe what he's trying to say here so when i hear this line i don't want to get an a and more specifically that one to me it hammers home the point that this narrator no longer wants to please the teacher of the song but right so like i don't know about you personally but when i was younger i didn't get good grades because i cared i got good grades because i wanted to please my teachers and my parents Yep, those were those were the people that I was most interested in pleasing and and appeasing with getting good grades. It only became when I was older that I started, you know, and when I say older, I mean teenage years and beyond, where the grades that I was getting were more because I wanted to, you know, prove something to myself, where I wanted to be able to feel proud about the grades, and I really didn't care. It wasn't about pleasing my teachers or my parents anymore. So the fact that the person is saying, I don't want to get an A, I get the impression that he's saying that because he no longer wants to please the teacher in a way that makes them feel good about what's happening. Again, throughout the song, I I get the feeling that this, this person, the narrator, is only in this relationship because they feel and I've used this word before because I can't find a better word to use, but it feels somewhat manipulated to to please this older person and for them to declare, I don't want to get an A. So I don't want right. to please you anymore. I don't I don't want to do this for you anymore, whatever it is that I'm doing, being your uh, emotional crutch or even the other thing that we haven't really touched on yet is is the physical aspect has this relationship gone physical i don't know if it has there's evidence throughout the song that maybe suggests that they have never even been physical and right. um and the and the narrator's trying to push this teacher away before it before it becomes a physical thing but just saying i don't want to get an a to me is prince's way of saying i no longer want to please you and i think I think pushing the you know the this figure out of their role because in that second in the very second line we get but you're the teacher I try to do what you want me to do or what you I try to do what you want me to but when we get to I don't want to get an A and there's got to be a better way you see them you know the narrator stepping outside of of the role of of student and accordingly pushing that person out of the role of teacher like once once I'm no longer interested in, you know, making your grade or learning or studying what you want me to learn or study, you're no longer any kind of teacher. Um, and and so we start to see in the beginning, in the course, we start to see the beginning of the, the quest for autonomy um, and agency that, you know, the first line of the next verse I think really hammers home.
Yeah, you talk about the I'm sick and tired of making plans without making up my mind. Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, those it, that's that's somebody coming to the realization I hadn't even decided I wanted this or decided whatever we've been doing, I hadn't thought about it, hadn't really done any, you know, hadn't hadn't been invested in it, had no agency in the plans that were made. I was just kind of going along to get along and now I'm tired of it. Um, yeah, I want a chance to make up my mind. And then, you know, as we move through that verse, um, can't you see, I just need a little time again. We're, we're kind of at that. It's, it's, this is part of what makes it feel so young, right? Like this is that I've come to a point where I realize what I want and what I don't want. But at the same time, there's a little part of me that doesn't want you to be upset, doesn't want you to be hurt, doesn't want to, you know, I'm I'm not in I'm no longer interested in being wholly responsible for your emotional state, but there's a certain there's a little bit of pulling back when you say, "Can't you see I just need a little time?" is very different than saying, "I'm out. I'm done. Time's up." This is this is sort of a uh almost it almost implies I might come back. I might want this at some point, but I need some time. And that's that kind of letting down gently that still that 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 still makes this narrator feel a little bit beholden to the person that they're trying to convince to let them go. And that's what that's what uh that that pull that back and forth between I'm ready to go and won't you please let me go is it, it it's what gives this song that tension that I think really challenged me with trying to figure out the the age and the relationship of the narrator. This isn't a typical, uh, you know, I'm I'm done with this. What's love got to do with it? Uh, uh, any of those other songs where it's like a typical breakup song, where it's like the 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 singer, the narrator of that song is washing their hands of the other person. This is actually what's love got to do with not a breakup song, but anyway, that's we don't do that on this show. Um, <laughs> but it's it's uh, it, it, it's still there's still some there's still some pain here. There's still some kind of relationship. There's still a little bit of deference um, that that peaks out in some of these very specific word choices. Yeah, and you and you mentioned um, agency earlier. And the second half of the second verse, you, I really get the impression that this the narrator has regained some of that agency. I know you've been crying because you spent the night alone. So again, we they're painting a picture about this person being lonely. I know you get lonely in the first verse. I know you've been crying because you spent the night alone. So it's almost like they're painting the picture of this person being almost pitiful in ways. Right. So like the the narrator's taking pity on the teacher of the song but not willing to go all the way in so in some respects by saying cry me a river it's why i don't deliver we'll have to do it on the phone so i'm not going to come to your rescue i'm not going to come see you in person sure we can we can do it on the phone and whatever that it may be you know we can use our imaginations but they're not going to just jump when the teacher says how are you not going to say how high when the teacher says jump in this case you're not going to come see them just because just because you're lonely and you're crying i get that 
you've used that tactic on me before and it's worked potentially but but i'm you know kind of regaining that agency in this relationship in this uh, semi breakup song by saying and i say semi because they're still willing to leave that door open a crack i need a little more time as you mentioned before in the fact that they're willing to still talk with them on the phone I don't deliver. <laughs> I don't just come to you whenever you call me. Uh, and whatever you need from me, we're just going to have to do it on the phone. That's just going to have to be good enough. Which is interesting, I think. It's interesting about, you know, again, again, gaining that agency. Because if this is truly a song about somebody being 100% abused in some ways, I don't know if we would get lines like that. Right. Right. There's definitely like an establishment of boundaries. And while while the narrator's doing it gently and with some, you know, with 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 maybe even some caution, we're getting as the song progresses, I think we're getting a clearer sense that whatever used to happen, that's going to be stopping. It might not be like a clear 100 percent. This ends today, but this person has has had an awakening and is stopping the continuation or the progression really of whatever this relationship had been mm -hmm. and there's a it's there but there is throughout these throughout these these lines even when the narrator's being uh gentle there is a glibness that is decidedly prince throughout it's it's the use of the word honey um the the use of well you can cry me a river there's a there's a certain sort of sense of a shoulder shrug that you get whenever prince is done with somebody you know even reportedly in his real life romantic relationships and certainly throughout most of his songs when when prince is done there's like a you know i i don't want this to suck but also oh well and the sort the the there's a there's a there's a snottiness a little bit in let me tell you honey i'm just a young boy and honey i can't let you use my body like there's there's it's not it's not gentle it's not baby it's not that's not i'm trying to comfort you that's girl get your shit together and on one hand i love it and on the other hand i'm like does that fit the way this song sounds um but I do find it interesting nonetheless. Yeah, it, it does. It, it Sometimes it conflicts a little bit with the, the emotional weight that Prince puts into the performance and how he uses some of these lyrics throughout, but then he'll throw lines like you've cited. And then you, what it does is it kind of lessens maybe the emotional impact. Like it's like, oh, this guy's he's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, he, <laughs> right. you get the feeling like he's not going to be completely warped or, uh, by this relationship or, you know, have some sort of, you know, damaged psyche over it. Like you get to almost get them feeling because of the glibness that, and it could be a defense mechanism. I mean, we all know a lot of times those are defense mechanisms, but it, I, what I think it does a little bit is it, it lessens the impact in some ways whether that was intentional because he didn't want it to be that serious. He didn't want people to feel that bad for the narrator or if it was just his way because, you know, the, the style of, of 
songwriter that he was or the person that he was to to inject those that those types of lines like i'm not going to let some woman you know affect me that badly but then again he'll write songs where he's completely fucked in the head because of a woman so you know he goes both ways sometimes like i don't need you versus oh my god i can't live without you right we, we get both kinds of songs from prince on any given day I think that's why you know, part of me reads those a little bit as defense mechanisms. And I, I think all Prince fans want to kind of get in his head and figure out how he felt about things by trying to dissect, you know, everything from the words to the to the particular uh, the particular wail of his voice in any given song. But I think because. I like this, if I know that if I let myself feel, I'm going to go completely, you know, mental devastation, then I'm probably going to start putting up little bulwarks and, and, and uh, mental blocks to keep me from getting there. So if, if, if in my art, I've got basically one, two speeds, zero and 120, I'm probably going to do everything that I can when I'm writing about difficult subjects that I don't want to let devastate me to, to try and, and soften it. And I, that's how I read things like this as, as even, and to be perfectly honest, that's part of what I think was, might've been his intention in giving the song to Wendy and Lisa to record was it was still something that he wanted to say, had to write, had to get it out, but didn't feel like he could own it completely because I think if there is a real relationship here, regardless of what age it might have taken place uh, during or or whether or not the the teacher figure was a literal teacher, there was if there was a real relationship here, that person was definitely someone that uh, was influential on Prince. That person would have definitely been somebody that Prince cared about because of that influence and someone that Prince recognized was toxic for him in some way and so he had to walk away and that has the potential to be tremendously emotionally devastating if you let yourself feel it all the way and that's you know in my interpretation of the song as an entire piece of art you know the sonics and everything included the musicality and everything included it that's how it occurs for me as he wanted to address it but he couldn't let himself get too close to it he couldn't he he had to put up those defenses he had to make it sound almost like schroeder was playing it on a toy you know piano like it just had it has such a a, a lightness and bounce to it even in the speeding up of it in the wendy and lisa version It's almost like how when you're telling a painful story and you race through it um, because you don't want to you don't want to linger on the details too much. 
And for it's crazy, but for as for the entire the I'd say like a good third of this song, lyrically, is him repeating the words "teacher, teacher." So, for as much as we're able to pull out of it and dissect and investigate, he doesn't really say that much. It's a it's it's yeah. a thing. It happened. He's racing through it, and then he's done with it. And then he's so done with it, he gave it to somebody else to make it their song. Yeah, and they and they really do. They they completely transform it musically and through the performance, not lyrically. Lyrically, right. it's basically the same, but adding the instruments and, and turning it into a faster, more upbeat song. Uh, adding music into it that that makes it lighter, makes it more palatable, and then. You would think that women singing a song about a potentially abusive relationship would have more impact, right? Because that's typically in our society how that power dynamic works. Although there's plenty of examples of older women taking advantage of younger men, so I don't definitely don't want to to give the impression that that's not a thing because it is. But we're just so used to through um, just sheer numbers and also how our culture is and how patriarchal it is experiencing this being more of a something that women have had to go through young women have had to go through with older men and again i go back to the fact that they didn't write it so it's just harder for me to to apply that emotion and feeling to their version and then the, the music that they add makes it sunnier but it doesn't doesn't make it more emotional and doesn't add right, right. more to that and i think i think their version of it the music that they add and and the sunniness of it and i think that's a perfect descriptor of it it's it fits with the time period when it was recorded like these sadly this was still something to joke about in the early 80s this was still like you you would see you would see these kinds of relationships played for laughs in sitcoms of the early 80s where um who am i thinking of blair in uh in dear god i'm old but blair in the facts of life uh was her character would often trade on her beauty and her looks to try and solicit something from the teachers at that school yeah. um there was another show that you know the same kind of thing and you know, there's a power dynamic and, and a clear abuse of power on the on the head of the teacher, but it was always played as, you know, vixen-like student and hapless teacher who's just trying to who's just trying to do what they're supposed to do. Those were joking things back then. So I don't think um I don't think it's coincidental or or even an accident that Prince handed it over and let them turn his pain into pop. Because that's yeah. that's effectively what happened. Yeah, um, yeah. Pain, pain into pop is exactly the way I interpret how this song has transformed.
the um the third verse is interesting to me and there's like it's a fairly short song just over three minutes three verses repeat of the the chorus and then some just ad-libbing in the outro the third verse is interesting to me because it's it gives the listener kind of some almost some closure about the relationship uh, i'm not trying to get you down but why should you get used to somebody who won't be around so that's another very kind of plain straightforward way of saying i'm over this i'm done with it I, it may take a while but i'm not going to be around forever uh, either because i'm going to graduate and i'm going to leave like if, again if it's right. a literal teacher scenario or just that person the narrator is made the decision that they're going to end this at some point um and they haven't really got around to just finalizing it maybe not sure how long they want to stay with the person before they finalize it but they've they've made the decision why why get used to somebody who's not going to be around i'm not going to be around that much longer so i don't think that this is a really smart relationship for us to continue to to invest in because it's going nowhere as far as i'm concerned the narrator is saying it's going nowhere i know you get discouraged because you want to give it all the time but honey i can't let you use my body the same way you use my mind and while that those last two lines can't let you use my body the same way you use my mind is in some way sad because you they're using the word use not like it's mutual, but they're being used. The the, the narrator right. admits that, and they have accepted that they're being used. But going back to the agency thing, and this is why I've struggled. Like I don't necessarily believe that they even had anything physical, because in the previous verse he talks about that's why I don't deliver. We'll have to do it right. on the phone. And then here I'm not. I can't let you use my body, even though you want to give it all the time. Meaning like. You always want to get physical with me. You, you're expressing an interest in engaging in a physical relationship, but I can't let you do that. Even though you've emotionally manipulated me for however long this has been going on with your crying and your tears and being lonely. I'm so lonely, uh, you know, <laughs> and and allowing them to kind of get pulled in by that. But you almost feel like you're, this person has matured enough to see the relationship for exactly what it is it's it's not real there's no love there as he says in the first verse doesn't believe that there's any love it's all about being there for a person who's lonely but only at an emotional level not a physical level and they're and they're basically putting their foot down we're not going to go there we're not going to do the physical thing i don't want it right. it's, there's no love there I think you've been using me. I'm tired of you using me. I, I've i let you use my mind long enough. My body's off limits. And eventually this is going to end. That's how I kind of take it at the end. Oh, yeah. 100%. And there's you, you mentioned closure. There's really a little bit of triumph there for me. Like, I that last line, it's like, you almost kind of want to go... Whew, like there's we're clear now it's absolutely done the line is is 100% drawn the only thing that i wish if i was allowed to wish something is i wish that 
it had been used my mind past tense versus use the way it is, uh, at least the way I hear it. Do you True. hear it as use? I hear use, not used. Yeah. Past tense. I, and I just, the one thing that I wish was, would be that it was past tense, that, that we had complete closure, that it was completely done. The fact that it's still present tense, um, it feels like they drew the line. They just, they should have inched the line up a little bit further. Um, and that's, I don't know. I guess it, it almost kind of feels like, well, you take your wins where you can get them. Um, I've certainly been in relationships that have had this kind of complication where it's like you let someone become too close emotionally and you were clear going in what that relationship was, but, um, for whatever reason, you either you failed to make it clear for them what it was or wasn't, or they just failed to hear you and you kept letting it go on. I've definitely been guilty of that. But I did that, you know, as I'm not going to say a mature adult, but definitely a full on adult, like a, a tax paying adult who should have known better. Um, sure. And I think I think here that's that's the difference of the power dynamic. We know for sure one of these characters should have known better. The narrator character, you know, ostensibly Prince, is is making it clear that this teacher person really should have known better from the beginning. Um, you know, it, but you got to know it wasn't love. Like, you, like, come on, you had to know. There were so many clues. But at the end, while we know that both characters at this point either know better or should have known better because the narrator at this point has made clear they recognize the relationship for exactly what it is, as you said, but they're still choosing to let part of that dysfunction remain um, because they don't close it completely. Um, and, and again, with lines like, uh, what was the other one? Can't you see, I just need a little time. That's still leaving the door open. So when we get to, I can't let you use my body the same way you use my mind, still suggest that the mind, you know, I'll, I'll still, we'll still talk. I'm just, you just have to know it's never going to be sex. And that's okay. But uh, I think a fuller victory would have been time to find somebody else or maybe you need to take another class or something that would have paid off the metaphor, but, but had this character walk completely away. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I mean, it really, he doesn't do that. He definitely leaves the door ajar, so to speak. And because the lack of the past tense and the lines, as you cited, I agree with you. There's certainly, while there's acceptable closure, it's not, quite as satisfying if if again we're we're listening to the song and we want the best for the narrator you know we're like eh, right you're you're getting there like you truly have you have enough self on self-awareness to know that this is not healthy and we're proud of you for <laughs> recognizing that and expressing that but man you know you might need to just make a clean break at some point and I don't think he's ready for that. Right. Now, is it in the in the fade out? Because at a certain point, it just becomes teacher, teacher over and over again. Is there a part where Prince says, make up your mind? What is printed 
in the uh, I, so I go to a website called Moonbeam Levels for You. It gives good breakdowns of okay. lyrics. What they say here is he says things like, uh, I don't want to do it, don't make me do it, accept your mind, preserve your mind. No, I don't want to. Okay. I don't see make up your mind. Maybe it's I, I've listened to the song a few times in preparation, and a lot of those lines are kind of said under his breath, behind the music a little bit as the song fades out. So you have to kind of accept that these are just one person's interpretation of what they're hearing and documenting. Right. There could be other alternate websites with different transcribed lines, but yeah, towards the end he just. Because th- those lines are not in the 85 version. So the 82 version, just a f- you know 20 seconds longer or so, because the stuff that he's saying towards the end, the ad-libbing, is present in the 82 version. While in the 85 version, it's just it's more cut and dry, fades out, versus just ends, as the 82 version does. So, yeah, he's throwing some stuff out there about, you know talking about the mind because that's the last line that he says in the third verse the same way you use my mind and if he says accept your mind and preserve your mind as the um the website that i'm using that i think he's just kind of riffing on the idea of like his mind is is his and it's been used by this person long enough and so i need to take that power back i need to take i need to get you out of my mind so i can start to um you know preserve my sanity or preserve who i am as a human being and that isn't so tied up with you know the manipulation that this teacher is engaging in it's kind of what i what i get from him saying things like that accept your mind preserve your mind i like that and and honestly that gives me a little bit more it's those two lines are are another boost of hope whether he's whether accept your mind, preserve your mind is is the narrator talking to himself or whether it's the narrator speaking to, you know, now now kind of stepping outside or air quote, breaking the fourth wall, if you will, um, speaking to the listener of the song and not necessarily to the teacher, encouraging anybody else that's, you know, in a similar situation to preserve their mind and accept your mind like, you know, what's right, accept it and 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 take care of yourself those that's a that's a hopeful read for me i like that 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 helps sweeten the ending a little bit more still bittersweet but lends a little bit more to the sweet than the bitter yeah and the fact that those aren't present in the 85 version again just another example of the song being more poppy and less deep (laughs) less emotionally deep and and I take it to the same way you do that he's kind of stepping outside of the the narrator at that moment and he's basically speaking to the listener. So I I, I get the same because I think he's done that a few times in songs where he kind of when he's just going off and just saying whatever at the end of the song, probably not written down, right. just things that he came up with in the moment. 
I get always have gotten the sense when he does that that he's no longer the narrator of the song anymore. He's just Prince singing things that make sense and kind of fit the the theme of the song, but no longer speaking in you know from the perspective of the person who he had been singing from prior. I get that too with with other songs of his, and it really adds a a layer that we get we get the artist, we get the the character who the artist is being in the artwork. And then at some point we get just the man. We get the the man so, you know, present in the moment that whatever whatever the construct of the artistry is cast aside, whatever the character was that he was being in the in the in the song is cast aside and it's just him. And at any given moment in some of his more emotional songs, you can kind of separate out like I think most of us have become comfortable with Prince as sort of a duality, the the Gemini character. But I think sometimes we get three different layers of him. And this uh, this is one where at the end, I think, you know, it's it's not even Prince the artist. It's Prince the guy. It's Prince mm-hmm. the man who's thinking about this stuff and just saying what needs to be said to to exercise whatever whatever this experience was for him in reality. So do you have any final thoughts on the song? Anything that that you haven't expressed already? Nope. Only that this is probably the last time I'll listen to it. This is not the feel good song of the year, despite Wendy and Lisa's best efforts. (laughs) Um, This, this one probably won't be in rotation, but it's, it's definitely dope to examine and, and unpack with you. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, I think we've psychoanalyzed this song long enough. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I don't have any further thoughts on teacher teacher either. Uh, I think it's a good song. And if you just think of it from the musical standpoint, whether you like the 82 or 85 version, it's very well constructed. It's well performed. And if you can set aside any, you know, negative thoughts that the song may generate in you based off of the, the subject matter and the themes, it can be enjoyable. Uh, but if you're unable to do that, then maybe the song kind of fits under the category of difficult Prince songs I don't like to listen to very often. <laughs> <laughs> and there, and there, that's a category. I mean, there are songs like that, you know, whether he's just really yeah, emotionally bare and he's you know singing about really tough subject matter. Uh, maybe sometimes the performances are very raw and it's hard to listen to because of that. I don't think the performance of this song necessarily is is so raw that it's hard to listen to because of that. I think it's more of the subject matter can potentially make it less fun. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, Papa from from the album Come is another one of those like, I'm going to put this over here on that box. I understand why you had to record it. Don't know why it made the album, but another one that's just emotionally too raw to be able to you can't enjoy it you can appreciate it for the art that it is but i would i would wonder who could actually enjoy the song now watch i've probably torqued off some of your listeners who are like that's my favorite song (laughs) well i mean i think most anybody even if they do like the song i think it'd be easy for them to appreciate where you're coming from because of the subject matter not everybody it's like any kind of art like some people will never watch a movie that um, shows you know a violent rape while i can appreciate it for what it is i totally get why somebody else may 
never want to experience that uh, for themselves. And I respect that. And then Papa's, you know, a song like that. Maybe this song isn't for me personally. This song isn't quite to that level of like Papa. For oh example, yeah, no, the sister. performance on Papa's just gut wrenching. This is not yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the performance definitely softens the blow on Teacher Teacher. Okay. Well, with that said, Julian, I definitely wanted to thank you for joining me on this episode again, despite this not being one of the songs that you've had a long history with or have a, you know, a, a great story, backstory to, to go along with it. So thank you for coming out of your comfort zone, so to speak, and to, to join me on an episode about a song that you weren't all that familiar with prior to, you know, recently. So thank you. Oh, more than my pleasure. Thanks for having me and for, for letting me riff on it with you. Cool. So where can people find you on social media if you'd like to be found? Oh, from time to time, I say something glib or clever on uh, Twitter. You can find me at one, that's the numeral one, Julian B. Long. Facebook and everything is pretty much dried up while I'm pursuing this Master of Fine Arts degree. But as soon as they give me permission to write again, I'm going to do it. So keep your eyes peeled and you'll see me on the socials talking about my next project. Yeah, so I just recommend anybody to just follow Julian and so when he's ready to and and has the the time and energy to, then you'll be right there, ready for it, and you can experience it in real time. So definitely follow him wherever is your social media avenue of choice. And I'd like to again say thank you to all the listeners. This has been Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcasts. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. You can find the show at pressrewind.net. Social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, on all of them. Check out the the latest and greatest Facebook and Instagram profiles. Again, links to those updated profiles will be in the show notes. In case you were following the show on Facebook and Instagram before and you need to refollow the new links, that's where you can find them. And uh, until next time, thank you very much and goodbye. Yeah.